the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com.
Praise the Lord and welcome to the program. Happy New Year. Wow, it's 2017 and you're listening to the Gypsy Christian Hour. That is awesome. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for making us the first thing you're doing in this new year. This is going to be an awesome year. This is going to be an awesome time. I just know I'm excited and again, just Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to the Gypsy Christian Hour, and I'm your host, Sam Nicholas. I'll be with you for the next hour. We will be with you for the next hour, just seeking the Lord for his blessing, seeking the Lord for his message. What does the Lord want to do in this this next year as we start off this new year? Uh, I just want to pray right now and open the program. Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you and I praise you, Lord, that that we can be in your presence, that we can be right before you, Lord, right as we start this new year, Lord, this very moment at at midnight, Lord, here we are in your presence, Lord, and just seeking you and desiring you. The first thing we do in this new year, we're praying and we're seeking you, Lord. I I just pray, Lord, that you would use this next hour for your purpose, for your plan, that every listener tonight, Lord, as they tune in, would experience the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of an awesome and mighty God to bless exceedingly and abundantly, Lord, for the moments that we are with you tonight and for the next year, Lord, that we would just experience you, that you would draw us into your presence, that we would know you more and more as we grow in your grace and your knowledge. Father, just use this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Again, you're listening to the Gypsy Christian Hour. I'm your host, Sam Nicholas, and I just have a a couple of uh, of scriptures just to to remind us about God's blessing for the next next year. And the first uh, uh, scripture I want to use for tonight is Isaiah 43, 18 through 21. It says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the desert and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen people. I formed for myself that they may proclaim my praise. Here it is. Here's God's word for us. Forget the past. Forget the former things. And if you've listened to me, before on New Year's, you know that I love New Year's. I love because we're getting rid of the past year, we're cleaning the slate, and we're starting all over again. We're starting anew. We're starting fresh. And this is what the Lord is telling us. Forget about what happened in the past. Forget about the former things. Get rid of the past sins. Get rid of the past uh, 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 transgressions. Whatever happened in the past year, you can come under the grace, you can come under the compassion, the forgiveness of God, and start anew. Look at what Second Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. And this is a scripture for us to live every day. Every day we have the potential of being a new creation. Every day we have the potential of being recreated in the image of Jesus Christ. So I just want to encourage you, as we begin this new year, as we begin the new year of 2017, that you would take to heart the love, the mercy, the grace, the compassion, the forgiveness of our God, of Jesus Christ. And that we would go forward this year seeking what God wants to do. He says, forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. I am doing a new thing. Let God do a new thing in your life. Well, I just wanted to share that for a few seconds. Uh, Tonight, uh, we are honored 
because we have a special guest. You know, last week, Pastor Steve Wilburn was with us, and that was awesome. He gave us a great message on Christmas. Well, tonight, my pastor is here tonight, Pastor Walter Hoffman. Pastor Walter, welcome to the program. Thank you, Sam, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, my friend. Uh, Pastor Walter is the uh, lead pastor of the Hills Church in Arcadia, the the church I go to. And uh, I wanted him to come in tonight uh, to just give us a message uh, on uh, on this new year. Uh, we're going to talk about some things, but uh, I just wanted to start out with Pastor Walter. You know, last week, uh, Pastor Steve was here, and we prayed for the new president, uh, President-elect Donald Trump. It's so important. It is. You know, so because, you know, this election will direct our country. Mm-hmm. The results of this election, President Trump now will be uh, directing which direction this country goes in. And it's so important. I'm encouraged uh, about some of the people that he's been surrounding himself with. We talked about that last week and some of his appointments that we recently uh, seen. And it's encouraging. And I just want to continue praying for the president. I want to pray for the inauguration on January the 20th, that everything would go well, and that uh, we would just see God's hand on this country again. Amen. So, Pastor, Amen. would you would you lead would. us in that prayer? Well, Lord, would The Apostle Paul reminds us to first that we do, we pray for kings and those that are in authority over us. And so, Lord, we lift up uh, President-elect Trump, Lord, his family. We thank you, Lord, even ahead of time, Lord, that they would all humble their hearts before you. And Lord, like like Solomon, Solomon prayed uh, and he prayed for a heart that would judge your people. Lord, I pray that their prayer is to have that heart as they lead this nation, that you give them the insight, the ability, that you place uh, the right people around them. And Lord, we know that many challenges await. And But Father, we pray tonight for their safety yes, uh, and their protection. We pray over the protection of our nation, that no threat uh, or anything that is planned from the enemy would come to pass. And Lord, we pray that all of those traps would be exposed and we just continue to speak blessing uh, on this whole process and especially for the uniting and unity of our nation. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, if you're just tuned in, you're listening to the Gypsy Christian Hour. I'm your host, Sam Nicholas, and my special guest tonight is Pastor Walter Hoffman from the Hills Church. Uh, Pastor, tell us about the Hills Church a little bit. Uh, I want to get into your testimony. I want to know a little. Uh, you've been on the program before. I have. But uh, not a lot of people have, have heard you on the program. This is the second time you've been here. And I'd like people to get to know you as the pastor of the Hills Church Arcadia because you know, I'm biased, of course, because I, I'm, a, I'm a part of the church. But I think it's such a, a great location. It's such a great place. There's, it's such a, a feeling of family and unity. And I'd like to get let, like my I'd like my listeners to get to know you a little bit. Yeah, and the one thing I love about the Hills Church when I, I get asked, actually, usually the when I'm asked about the Hills Church, the second question I get is, "Now tell me about the L.A. Gypsy Church." <laughs> That's usually the second question. But what I think I I love the most is that we have a very multi-ethnic and multi-ethnic congregation. So it's not just an English congregation. Uh, We have a Chinese congregation. We have a Cantonese Bible study. We have a Spanish congregation. We have the L.A. Gypsy Church. So what I love is I feel like within our area that we can reach out almost to 
anybody in that area and that we can offer ministry for them. Amen. So I do believe, though we've been there now uh, a year and nine months, yep. uh, I do believe we're still in that season of we're plowing ground, right? We're listening to what the Lord is doing, but I'm so thrilled and excited for the people that God is bringing, uh, the welcoming spirit and attitude that people have for new people that come, people that are accepting Jesus in all of the congregations, uh, how all of the congregations are outreaching in different ways, and they're reaching people. So it's actually a beautiful thing to sit back. And and I love even hearing you say, you know, sometimes you forget, Sam goes to my church. You know, what a <laughs> blessing uh, that is as well, and is an honor. And those even listening, my, um, my go-to speaker, if I have to be gone, is Pastor Sam. Thank you. So it is great to, to have as well. So we do. We, it's an honor to serve uh, at the Hills Church. And where is the Hills Church? Tell so me. the Hills Church is located, our address is 805 North 1st Avenue in the city of Arcadia. We're really right off of the uh, 210 freeway at the Santa Anita exit. We're easy to find, a beautiful campus, uh, and especially beautiful people. Our yeah. services Sunday morning are at 10 o'clock. 10 a.m. 10 a.m. Yeah. 10 o'clock. And, you know, I'm always promoting the Hills Church. And if you're listening, uh, you know that uh, we have the L.A. Gypsy Church there uh, on Friday nights. So if you're looking for a church to visit, if you're looking to a church for a church to make your home on Sunday mornings, uh, the Hills Church is the place to be, 10 a.m., 805 North 1st Avenue in the city of Arcadia. If you're looking for some place to worship on Friday nights at 8 p.m., we are there for prayer and for worship. If you have a desire to just be in the, in the Lord's presence and just to worship, if you've got prayers that you, that you need to lift up before the Lord, come and join us every Friday night. We're there at 8 p.m. for prayer and worship uh, at 805 North 1st Avenue. So there you go, Friday nights, 8 p.m., 805 North 1st Avenue in Arcadia, and then 10 a.m. on Sundays for Sunday worship with the Hills Church. And we're all there together. We are. You know, it's not like, well, we, we, we can only go to the English uh, church on Sunday or we only, only go to the Gypsy Church on Friday. No, we're all together. We're, we're a family. And uh, like you said, it's multicultural. That's right. You know, and, I, and I love, you know, God does not see, he don't, God only sees one race. Mm-hmm. He sees the human race. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter what color your skin is. Doesn't matter what language you speak. God is the God of all people, and there's just one race in the Bible. It's the human race, and that's what we're there for. We're there to minister and to just do whatever we can to bring comfort and to bring the Word of God Amen. to 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 the to the to the culture to our to our community. So, Pastor, tell me, what was your journey? How did you become a pastor? Tell our tell our, our listeners what was your journey in in getting to the Hills Church because I know you've you've done other things because you talk about uh, I think it's Carolina you talk about El Monte tell us what was your journey how did you become the pastor of the Hills Church Well, um, through a process of my wife and I knowing that we were to get back into senior pastor ministry, um, we had an opportunity to look at a couple different churches. The Arcadia being one that I grew up not far uh, from our campus. And so at first, even just walking the property, it felt too familiar. The area was so familiar, uh, especially those places that you know you've grown up in. But uh, the minute we left the property, knowing that we had other places to go visit, mm-hmm. we knew right then that the Lord was calling us to this place. 
And so I think sometimes the Lord does. I think he takes us back sometimes to places that were familiar uh, in order to put a subtleness in some people. You know, I'm not from Ohio or New York that I've, mm-hmm. you know, flash landed here in California. That's pretty much where I grew up and was, was raised. And so, um, but we had a con- uh, just a confirming word that we knew the Lord was saying, this was the, this was the place that you were to be in to build. And so we, we embraced that March of 2015 mm-hmm. and are, are still marching forward as he leads. Amen. So you said you've, we, you've been there for about a, a year and nine months. How have you seen the church grow? What's been happening in this year and nine months that you've been there? I think the most, what, what I usually describe people, the most exciting thing that I believe the Lord's done in the initial season is he's done it through churches. Mm. It hasn't been through just one church, just the English congregation growing. It's been through uh, the Chinese church. It's been through the, the Spanish church. It's been through the L.A. Gypsy church. In each of these, the Lord is adding people. And in fact, sometimes we can almost say he's adding people daily. There's almost uh, not a Sunday that goes by that we don't have a visitor or we don't have somebody that says, hey, I looked you up online or made a phone call. It's almost an every week. But what I I think I go back to in these last uh, almost two years is that the Lord started his initial work, not how we had planned, but how he had planned to do it through multiple congregations. And so I really feel that as we go into this brand new year, 2017, that we are positioned as the Lord begins to open doors of ministry to to really meet the needs of everybody we pretty much come across through all of these congregations. Amen. Amen. So it's it's church growth. It's growth of the kingdom. It's growth of the um, kingdom. We want to see how God is going to move through this church because, you know, uh, with, with birth comes growth. That's right. You know, that's and right. If you're staying, if you're just keeping the congregation that you have, you're not growing, and that's what we want to see. We want to see the kingdom of God grow. We want to see how the Lord is going to use all the ministries at the Hills Church. Like you said, it's not just one ministry. You know, usually you see a church and there's one church, there's one congregation. But when you have multiple congregations, you have multiple opportunities, you have all kinds of ways to grow. And, you know, Jesus said, go out into the world. He said, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the world. And that's what we want to see. You know, and when, when I look at that scripture, you see, he said, he, he mentions Jerusalem first. He said, that's your hometown. That's your community. Start there. Start with your community and then branch out. He said, Judea. Judea is the next was was the next region over, and then Samaria. They didn't want to go to Samaria. No, you know? not at all. <laughs> the Jews did, that that wasn't that wasn't their people. But go to the people that even you don't want to go to, and then to the uttermost part of the world. So that's what we want to see. We want to see the kingdom of God grow. We want to see how God is going to use this ministry uh, uh, here at the radio and LA Gypsy Church and the Hills Church and however whatever we can be a part of. That's what we want to be a part of, and that's what I want to talk about next is uh, this year we were a part of the Harvest Crusade. And what Absolutely. was that like? And wow. how did that affect wow. uh, the church and everything? You know, and we, we weren't as close. Being in Arcadia, we're not uh, super close to Anaheim. Uh, but let me quickly just say, I, I had the opportunity to be out in center field each of the nights of the altar call. And 
Each of those nights, my heels were at the warning track because of the crowds. We ended up receiving 100 cards of people that were in our area that we followed up with. And what I have to do is thank the Lord that um, most all of those were back plugged into the church of whoever invited them. And we ended up getting some people that have visited or, or checked in or, you know, we continue to pray for or just thank us for following up with them. But we saw the power of uh, it wasn't just an event to attend. It was it was something to behold and to stand in center field when 3,000 people accepted the Lord. Uh, we know that in uh, Acts, it was noteworthy when 3,000 accepted yeah. the Lord when Peter preached. Well, we witnessed it. Yes, we did. We saw it, and we saw something worthy of if the gospel was still being written, we yeah. saw and got to witness it. But I'm so thankful for that opportunity that we took to follow up because it really helped us look at, are we really following up with people? Right. Are are we really structured to help those that are new believers as we are growing and molding as a church. Amen. You know, I was really impressed uh, with the work that goes on before the crusade and after the crusade. Because, you know, you hear the Harvest Crusade, and you see this, you know, if you get to, to, to what, if you get to go one of the nights, you see all these people that are there, and you see uh, the, the, the you experience the music and the worship and Pastor Greg and the, and the, and the altar call and people receiving the Lord. But you don't really know what goes on before and after. But they trained us. They came out to the Hills Church, and they, they, they spoke Two with times, us. times, absolutely. They talked with us. They told us, this is how you announce it. This is how you invite people. This is what you need to do to prepare. And then they trained us for being on the field and, and, and praying with people and giving people the Word of God. And then, and then the, you had to have somebody there every night taking those cards and getting ready to follow up with people. And that's the gospel. That is the gospel. You know, it's, you know, you bring people and they receive the Lord, but then you have to disciple them after. They're called, you know, with birth comes growth. You want those people to be plugged in somewhere to a church where they're learning how to pray, where they're learning how to read the Word and learn the Word and, and absorb the Word of God, and then to share their, 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 their faith. And I was just so, so impressed with the uh, with the work that goes on before and after the Harvest Crusade, and it really is for any church that kind of sits on the sideline. I know we would encourage you get involved, yeah. And it it not only helps support the one event that many people accept the Lord, it really helps you look inwardly at your church to say, "Hey, are we really positioned mm-hmm. for a lot of new believers?" to come, and what steps do we need to do so that we can, like you mentioned, that we can teach and train and disciple them to use their gifts right away. And so I, I would highly encourage anybody to do it. Amen. Amen. Get, in, get involved with the Harvest Crusade. They'll be doing something this year for sure. Uh, if you haven't, uh, if you just joined us, you're listening to the Gypsy Christian Hour. I'm your host, Sam Nicholas, uh, with my special guest tonight, Pastor Walter Hoffland from the Hills Church. Uh, Pastor Walter. We're just getting in, literally just getting into 2017. We've got a new government coming into to, to power. What do you see, what's your vision for this year for the church? What's in your heart for the Hills Church? What's your, in your heart for the, for, 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 for the community? Or what do we want to do this year? What, what, what's in your heart? What's in your vision for this 2017? You know, as I was... I was already praying last year for the entire month of January. Well, uh, 
we're going to probably roll out some things that this next coming week at our church, uh, we took the month of prayer and fasting that we didn't want to jump ahead until we took time to pray and to fast. But even coming into this year, I want to read a verse here in just a minute um, that I know the Lord kind of is giving me a hint, and I know it's on me to get in and pray and and, and to fast and Mm -hmm. to study. But I had a couple thoughts. Um, You know, God lives outside of time, Yeah. right? He's always been eternal. I know sometimes that's hard for us to wrap around, but he's always been eternal. However, when he created earth is when he created time and he created seasons. And so for many that say, well, it's 2017, but, you know, God's eternal. Well, God set up this earth. It's times and seasons. That's how he set up. Ecclesiastes lets us know to everything there is a season. So on this day... New Year's Day 2017, we want to declare over everybody, it's a new season. It's a new season for us. So we go about our lives. For for some of us, we're going to sit down and we say, yes, it's a new season. It's a new start. It's a new beginning. It's a new opportunity. Some are already saying, you know what? I'm going to start my diet on Monday. (laughs) (laughs) Today, uh, some are going to exercise. Some are going to get back on a budget. Some are going to say, you know what, i got to pay off these Christmas bills. Right. Um, others of you are going to write New Year's resolutions that mm-hmm. sometimes fizzle out in, in February. But can I would I say 99% of the <laughs> yeah. time, the New Year's resolutions are over End by the third or fourth day. Yeah. But let me ask this question to us. What is the Lord saying to us? What is he hinting to our spirits? And are we being prayerful as we enter into this new year. You know, Pastor Sam, you you and I were looking at notes mm-hmm. before coming on. We had a similar scripture. Right. We hadn't discussed this. You read Isaiah 43, and I want to just read this again. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring Fourth, shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And I know we stopped earlier and we prayed for things and items and people and places in your life to not only be new things, but for them to spring forth. That's our prayer tonight over you, Amen. that you're entering tonight, well, actually in the early, early morning, uh, a new year springing forth. But I wrote a couple notes down because it starts with me. The most challenging person that I ever lead is me. You know, Pastor, it's something, you know, we the only person we can change is ourselves. Is ourselves. I can't change the person that my wife is. I can't change the person that my children are. I can't change you. I can't change anybody else except myself. That's why it has to start with me. I'm the only person that I can affect change upon. And if if I want radical change, a friend of mine, he always says this, if you want radical change in your life, it's going to take radical surrender to God. It does. And so it starts with us, right? We're the most difficult. The most difficult. Person that will ever I'd have rather to change it. you <laughs> yes. than change myself. Yes. That's the whole but thing. But if I change me, right. it affects my family. Mm-hmm. 
It affects my ministry. Yes. It affects my church. You know, uh, when you get on an airplane, and hopefully you're listening to the instructions before you take off, they'll say if there's a loss of pressure in the cabin, your oxygen mask will drop. Mm-hmm. And they tell you to do this. Put it on yourself first. And after you put it on yourself, then help those next to you or if you have a small child. Right. It's always interesting, right? So you, they want you to take care of yourself first. Now, that's kind of counterintuitive because – my natural sense will say, take care of my child. Take care of the person next to me, my wife, my child, my family member. Take care of them first and then uh, take care of myself. So it's kind of, kind of counterintuitive that they're saying that. Yeah, but I can't lead my family right. unless I'm leading if, my life. If, if I'm you not, lose consciousness first, what good are you? I can't lead my church right. if I'm I'm not leading myself. So... I start with me. So on this this new year, I start with Walter. I make that I make that list. Where did I go off track? Uh, but today's a new day. I'm springing forth. But the verse that I want to read today, this is the hint that the Lord, as I mentioned, and it's from the life of Paul. It's First Corinthians chapter sixteen, verse eight and nine. And this is what I believe is the hint that the Lord is saying to us in our church. Uh, from the Apostle Paul. He says this, But I will tarry in Ephesus until Pentecost, for a great and effective door has been opened to me, and there are many adversaries. Well, the New Living Translation says this. It says, In the meantime, I will be staying here at Ephesus until the festival of Pentecost, there is a wide open door for a great work here, although many oppose me. So he's saying there's an opportunity. He's a, seeing an opportunity. A ministry opportunity that awaits me. And so I'm going to wait, right? I'm going I'm to wait here. Now, Paul's the church planter. Yeah. He's the go, go, go. He's not afraid to go into a, a town and set up tent make. But the Lord, obviously, there's a door. There's a there's a season, as if we could say earlier on. Mm-hmm. There's a time that, that he says, I'm going to stay here. There's a door open. Now, there's going to be a battle, though, in the midst of this door, which we'll mention in a minute. You know, I don't think I ever shared the story with you, but when we moved to North Carolina in 2005, we bought, we bought a home. Actually, had it built. Wow. Well, probably a month into it, I had come home late one night from church. I didn't have the house key. And so it was probably 11 at night, so I assumed everybody was already asleep. The kids were little, and I was ringing the doorbell. Ding, 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 ding. You know, that thing just echoes through the house. And I could hear it echoing, not a peep. I picked up the phone. I called the house phone. I could hear the house phone ringing. Nobody answered. I called my wife's cell phone. She didn't answer. Then I got concerned. Yeah, I thought something... So I thought, you know, should I call 911? I couldn't get the front door. Break a window or something, yeah. I went into the garage, and I kicked our back door in. Wow. It broke this brand new door. I, th- I thought, I still got it, right? I, mean, I still got it. <laughs> I tore the hinges off. I kicked in the door. I went running upstairs. Everybody was asleep in one bed. They had all fallen asleep. And I remember, like, is everybody okay? Is everybody okay? Everybody was fine. And then I had to admit that I kicked in the door. You know, um, luckily it got fixed. They didn't charge us to do it. Uh-huh. But many times, that's what we think about when we think of a door. We think we're supposed to kick, kick it, it in. But maybe the Lord has other things in mind for us. He doesn't talk about us kicking in doors. He talks about doors being open for us to walk in, yeah. to be aware of. 
So Paul sees a great door of ministry that is open, opening, and it's almost like he's saying, I'm going to stick around, and I'm going to walk it out, mm-hmm. knowing that there's going to be a lot of enemies and a lot of adversaries, but Paul's going to take this challenge, this gospel opportunity, uh, knowing that there's adversity. You Usually, you know what the flesh does when there's adversity? If you know you've got an appointment and it's going to be a difficult meeting, your flesh usually tries to come up with some way not to have to go to it. Some kind of avoidance. I want to avoid my adversary. I want to avoid conflict. I want to avoid that which I'm not going to enjoy. Because ministry should be easy, right? Right. Aren't we preaching the good news? Yeah. But it's not easy. You know, Jesus himself, uh, Jesus had to go through the wilderness, But when he came out of the wilderness, the Bible says that he came out in the power of the Spirit. Yet we know this, that Satan himself was aggressive towards him, Mm -hmm. treated him harshly, even Mm -hmm. at his weakest point, but he overcame. And you know, uh, it it never gets easier. Uh, You you think you go through the wilderness and, ah, I I, I got through the test, and now everything's going to be easy. But at the end of that very scripture that you're talking about, when, when Satan tempted Jesus, he says, at the end of the temptation, he left him for a more opportune, opportune time. time. So even though he came out full of the power of God, filled with the Holy Spirit, just ready to go out and do all of God's work, there was still the adversary. There was still conflict. And I think, you know, as, as we prayed earlier, I think there's even somebody listening that you're going through such a hard challenge that you're discouraged, but don't be discouraged. Stay bold. Amen. Stay in God's word. Stay prayerful. You know, uh, one of the verses I had down, you know, Jesus himself, he is our high priest, and he can sympathize with our weaknesses because he was in all points tempted as we were, yeah. right? He went through those, yet he didn't sin. But he says this. Come boldly to my throne Amen. of grace. So even if you're listening tonight and you're in a tough, you, you might even be saying, you don't even know how tough it is. Go boldly to the throne of grace to receive mercy and find favor from our high priest in this time of need. Because opportunities or things that are coming against us are only opportunities for us to show the might and the power of our God. You know, we love the Bible stories mm-hmm. that have great exploits, yep. great battles. But we know the end. <laughs> right? We, know, right? <laughs> we, we read the end. We know. But the then end. we think, I don't want to go through that. I just want to read about it. <laughs> right. But maybe the Lord wants to do something through yeah. our lives as yeah. a testimony to him. But here's where we have to submit ourselves we have to submit ourselves to say the Apostle Paul knows that there's a gospel opportunity. Right. If there's a gospel opportunity, yes, Satan's going to want to oppose it. He's going to want to fight it. He doesn't want that word of God to get in any hearts, so he's going to oppose it. Um, I, I read this, the author uh, G. Campbell Morgan. If you have no opposition in the place where you serve, then you're serving in the wrong place. Mm, wow. So we should have opposition. Yeah. There should always be conflict in what you're attempting to do for the Lord. And that doesn't mean that we don't walk in the peace. Right. 
that we don't have peace through our our ministries. Mm-hmm. But there's always there's always something, and like you said earlier, sometimes it is. It's like, hey, there's nothing going on. Well, he comes back for that opportune time. We're to be alert. Right. We're not to be asleep. We're to be mindful. We're not to live in fear. He yeah. tells us not to live in fear. You know, Paul, Paul tells us to be alert, to be sober, mm-hmm. to be uh, well-disciplined, to be of right mind, to be ready, to, to be, be ready. ready at any given time because the adversary is out there on the prowl looking who he may devour. He's looking for, for, for oppor- He's looking for opportunities too. As we look for opportunities to preach the word of the the gospel, to, to preach the good news, to bring people to the Lord. He's looking for the opportunity to devour people's lives. You know, and you know, maybe you're out there listening tonight, like Pastor Walter was saying, uh, and you're discouraged. Uh, you're hearing us talk about, uh, we're excited about the 2017. We're, we're, excited. we're excited for opportunities. We're excited about what the potential of this year is. Maybe you're not excited. Maybe you're frustrated. Maybe you're discouraged. Well, we have this word, this message for you that even though, you know, we, we talked about old things being in the past. Yeah, those things are in the past, but a lot of times our old problems, we bring them right into the new year with us. Those old, just because the, the, just because the calendar year changed doesn't mean our problems change. We've still got the same problems. We've still got the same frustrations we've still got the same difficulties but we want to look we want to face those difficulties with a new perspective absolutely with a new hope and that hope is in jesus mm-hmm. christ and that's where paul's hope was pastor you know that paul's hope was in the the power of the holy spirit to give him these opportunities to preach the gospel and he saw it yeah and one of the things that it looks like through this scripture is um it was people that he had to battle right mm-hmm. so sometimes it's not you know Satan, it's it's other circumstances, but let let me mention this. As both of us said, Isaiah forty three, the end of verse nineteen, the Lord says, "I will even make a road in the where there's not been a road, right. where there's not been access, there'll now be access." That's awesome, right? And where there's there's rivers now will be in the desert, or where there's been no no resource. So maybe you come into this brand new year and you need God to supply an access point for you, or you need God to supply the resources for entering into this new year. Come back and over your life say, I'm going to spring forth into this new year. Because I think what the Apostle Paul thought was the gospel is going to spring forth. The reason God has a door open is the gospel is going to spring forth, and here's this great opportunity. We're going to share about Jesus to people. Believers, right, new believers are going to be taught. They're going to be discipled. They're going to be encouraged. But there's this door open that the gospel is going to get in the lives of these unbelievers. It's going to be a clear and powerful work, and this message of the gospel is going to go through the door of those hearts to impact them. Mm-hmm. You know, I heard Alistair Begg say one time that revival starts through the preaching of God's word. Amen. The preaching of God. Now, we think we think it's by other means sometimes, but it's by preaching of God's word. We see it all throughout the scriptures. When the word of God is preached, right, mm-hmm. churches increase, yeah. disciples increase. You know, we think a revival is exciting. We think our, 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 the way 
I don't know, the way I've seen it and the way people think, the way we think, like revivals are exciting. Revivals are a move of the Holy Spirit in ways like Pentecost, you know. But the truest, true revival, like you say, it's from preaching. I think of the Great Awakening, uh, Jonathan Edwards and his uh, his sermon, uh, in, I, I forget the, the exact uh, title, in the, the getting in the hands of a uh, powerful, awesome God or something like that. People were crying. People were repenting. True revival is through the Word of God causing repentance in the heart of man to draw closer to God. That's true revival. When 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 hearts are are a relit a fire or or a zeal or the Holy Spirit moves a person closer to God. It's not about experiencing uh, worship or uh, experiencing. Uh, a move of the Holy Spirit, like on Pentecost, you know, it's it's a, it's a it's a move closer to God, and that's what we want to see. We want to see the message. Paul saw that here. He saw the opportunity of preaching the message of God to cause repentance and bring people into that door you're talking about. And he had no idea what he was walking into, but he knew a door was open. And when that door opened, he had to be ready to go, and he was ready to go because he knew he needed to stay there. Because God was going to do something. That's the hint I have this year. I have the hint through all of our congregations. And I do believe even preaching this message or mentioning this message even on your show, that there are people out there that are going to have a door of opportunity for the gospel. Amen. That we're coming into days. And and I know we discuss this and we say this all the time. It seems like our time is short. It seems like the rapture of the church could be any moment. But are there opportunities and seasons where the Lord has us in places and in positions so that this gospel can be preached? Because here's what we know. When it's preached around the world, then the end will come. But it comes back to the preaching of the gospel, the sharing of the gospel, planting the word of God into people's hearts. And that's what I feel like with the Apostle Paul, there was going to be a door open in the lives of unbelievers. And I, and I believe that even in our churches, that there will be people that have not heard the message or have run away from the message, or as we'll look at them, that have been lukewarm to the mm-hmm. message, that will come back because of a door of opportunity that has been opened. Amen. Well, if you've joined us late or you, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Gypsy Christian Hour. I'm your host, Sam Nicholas, with my special guest tonight, Pastor Walter Hoffman from the Hills Church. Uh, the Hills Church is a great place to visit. It's a great place to make your home. If you're looking for a church to uh, to visit or to, 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 to make your home, uh, we get together at uh, 10 a.m. every Sunday uh, for Sunday services. Uh, if you're looking for a place to worship on Friday nights, LA Gypsy Church, we get together Friday nights at 8 p.m. So the address is 805 North First Avenue in the city of Arcadia. Easy to get to. Just take the 210 freeway uh, into the San Gabriel Valley, Pasadena, Arcadia area. Get off at Santa Anita Avenue. Go north one block to Foothill Boulevard. Make a right. Go one more block to First Avenue, make another right, and you'll see us on the corner of Forest and First Avenue. That's Forest and First Avenue, 805 North First Avenue in the city of Arcadia, 10 a.m. on Sundays, 8 p.m. on Fridays. We'd love for you to come out and visit and worship with us. Uh, make it a point, Fridays or Sundays. Amen? Amen. So, Pastor Walter, the door. You know, you said about 
kicking in a door. So many ministries are trying to kick down doors with you know major things that they're doing, and that's great. You know, I, you know, mega churches are great. But what about you said knocking on the door? You know, what does that look like? You know, Jesus is knocking on the door of our hearts. He's not going to force his way in to our hearts. You know, recently I read a statistic that said um, 82% of unchurched people would come to your church if you invited them. 82% of unchurched would come, but only 2% of the church invite. So if that's true, then we've gotten out of that bit of either we're we're scared to do it, we're timid Mm -hmm. to do it, um, but yet the the preaching of we've got to remember this it's the lord that's doing it and sometimes it's not many words jesus just asked for a drink of water yep and it opened up a conversation it's an opportunity like so, you said the door you know in the age of email and in the age of texting there's no face to, you know people are getting away from the face to face communication or the phone call you know so many people in my in my work in 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 my business People don't want the phone calls anymore. They want you to text them or they want you to email them. There's no more like one-to-one communication, and we've lost that. And that's what the gospel needs. That's what the gospel wants. That's what the gospel calls for, that, that face-to-face communication, that, that that opportunity that God gives us to open the door. Make the connection. Make the connection. Make that connection. Talk to somebody. Just look for the, you know, you know sometimes I say you don't have to look for an opportunity. God will give you the opportunity if your heart's if your heart is open to minister if you're if you want to God will give you that opportunity he'll you know we were we were at Disneyland uh, not too long ago and we were just standing waiting for the show and we started a conversation with uh, a, a, a group of people that were there there were uh, a, a dad a mom and a son and the son was like 36 years old so the, you know it was a it was a, there were adults and we just started talking to them but before we were finished I mentioned to them about the gospel I mentioned to them about the church that's all we need to do just make it available you know carry a, a card from your church in your wallet you know and say you know uh, it was great talking to you. You know, I go to so and so church. If you'd ever like to come, we'd love to have you visit. Or just ask a question. You know, what do you think about Jesus Christ? Or maybe they'll give you the opportunity. God will give you that opportunity. They'll say something to give to just to just let you draw them out. Make that connection. Amen. Amen. You know, about a month ago, a young man visited our church, and I asked him. I said, "Well, how did you hear about us?" And he says, "Well, I looked you up on the internet." I want to let you know how rare that is, that somebody looks up a church and goes by themselves. Usually what it is is somebody invited me and I came. And so the face-to-face, even Mm -hmm. the church has changed over the years where our phone doesn't ring off the hook like it used to. Mm -hmm. It's the email and the Facebook post and everything. We've got to get back to the face-to-face. And that's something they taught us with the Harvest Crusade. Call somebody. Don't just come to the Harvest Crusade. You're already saved. You know? Right, that's right. You're already saved. Bring somebody. That's another important thing. If 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 you invite somebody, that's the first step. But then make the make the the, the situation where hey, if you need a ride, come with me, or I'll pick you up. Bring. So they said bring somebody to the Harvest Crusade. Let's bring people to church. Let's make that opportunity available to them, because that works. 
it really does that 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 showing of compassion that showing of going the extra distance you know of actually spending the time with somebody to go pick them up and bring them to church and then you never know you might go have coffee after church or you might have a meal you know that's an intimate thing you know with the gypsy culture pastor there's nothing more intimate than calling somebody bringing somebody to your house and feeding them Mm -hmm. giving them tea having a meal with somebody and especially a stranger there's nothing more outgoing more compassionate more intimate than bringing somebody into your home or taking somebody out and just having sharing that time and sharing a meal with them and this brings, you know, when we talk about this, I wonder if there's opportunities presented to us that the Lord has, that this person has a, a quick season to receive, mm-hmm. yet we need to be ready to act on it. Yeah. We need to be sensitive to the Spirit. You know, he had mentioned earlier about the, the, the door heart. You know, uh, Revelation 3.20, Jesus says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. You know, in in this section of Scripture, it's talking about the lukewarm church. So I first mm-hmm. have this in mind. The person that's out there that says, I've done church, I've been there, done that, right? Right. But it's also talking about the person out there that maybe has the hard heart, that we're even believing and looking at First Corinthians, that there's a heart of opportunity. Jesus is knocking on that heart. And I know we want to take a moment and pray. Yeah, we're gonna in a few minutes we're gonna we're gonna invite people. You know, if if you're discouraged, maybe you've been hurt by a church. Maybe you've been hurt by someone in the church. Maybe you've been hurt by the pastor and you're discouraged about the church. Well, don't let that keep you from Christ. Christ will never hurt you. Christ will never discourage you. Christ, you know, Jesus is always there to lift you up, to bring you into the place where he is, to, you know, the the Bible uses the word, to exhort you, to lift you up, to encourage you. That's Christ. That's the heart of Jesus, to to give us hope. You know, I love Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the plans Mm -hmm. that I have for you. I have plans to to for your for your restoration. I have plans for your future to give you a hope, and that's what we want in 2017. We want hope. We want, we want hope. hope, and the hope is in Jesus Christ. So no matter where you've been hurt, no matter where you've been discouraged, no matter no matter where you've been frustrated, have hope in this year because you have hope in Christ. Jesus is standing at the door, he and He's knocking on the door of your heart. Don't start this year without Christ. And if it's the first thing you do in this new year is to receive Christ, that would be the most awesome thing you can do for your eternal life. You know, if you're a Christian and you've been hurt and your heart has been hardened, Christ is knocking at the heart, the door of your heart. If you've just tuned into this program tonight, this is, and you don't know why, you were just going through the stations or maybe you were walking out of a club or maybe you had just gotten finished with a celebration or whatever and you got in your car and you turned on the radio and here we are. That's a divine appointment. That's exactly right. That's a divine appointment. You found this program and the reason you found it is that you would receive Christ in this moment so that you would not be discouraged, but that you would be encouraged, that you would not be lost, but that you would be saved, that you would be found, that you would be found in Christ, that you would be a new creation in Christ. Second Corinthians 5.17, Behold, if any man be in Christ, if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. And that is God's desire, that you would be a new creation in this new year at this very moment. 
So I invite you, whatever you're doing, stop what you're doing. Be still and know that I am God, the Bible tells us. Be still and know that I am God. Stop what you're doing and just take a moment and say, do I want to invite Christ into my heart? Do I want to invite Christ back into my heart? What do you want? What do you desire? Pastor, would you lead us in prayer for the people who are listening that want to invite or re-invite Christ back into their life to start this new year with a new perspective, with a new beginning in Christ? Amen. What an honor. You know, if you're out there, that one verse in uh, Revelation says, anyone hears my voice, would you take just a moment, would you listen for the voice of Jesus? And, And if you're listening tonight, whether you've run from God or whether this is the first time or whether even as Pastor Sam was mentioning, the churches hurt you, that we would start a new, can we start a new season together by by making Jesus Christ the Lord of our, our lives and your life? And, and just simply pray this prayer after me. Just pray this. Dear Lord, I believe in Jesus. I believe that he lived that he died for me, and that he rose again. I now accept him as my personal Savior and the Lord of my life, and thank you for bringing me into your family and walking out this life with me because I'll never, ever be alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Pastor. Well, as you can tell by the music in the background, our time is up for tonight. I just want to wish you a happy and blessed new year. God bless you all. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back here next Saturday night at midnight, the same time. God bless you and good night.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.